0: And welcome to a special Monday afternoon edition of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and when the Eagles make news, we got to talk about it. And there is a lot to talk about, Zach. Great news for the Eagles. It sounds as if Avante Maddox may return this season.
1: I did not expect it to start that way. But yeah, busy 24 hours. I boarded. A flight.
0: What a beautiful uh, backdrop you've set up. You are the king the backdrop. You've done a yeah. really nice job with the Seattle skyline there.
1: I had get, the, s- get the
0: Space Needle in, huh?
1: No, I had, I had the Space Needle here, but I couldn't position the, the the desk doesn't move, and I would have had to put the the uh, laptop on the bed, and so it just wouldn't. It wasn't stable that way. Bad angle. So. Yeah, we have to. So this will have to suffice. Ooh, but that must
0: have been a difficult. That that must have sort of eaten you up for for a couple minutes.
1: I spent about twenty minutes working on the backdrop before I came <laughs> on. Before I had this, the StreamYard link, I was doing FaceTime, and then uh, like and the FaceTime and the StreamYard. I guess the camera is a little different. So in any event, um, yeah, busy twenty four hours here. I boarded the flight to Seattle yesterday morning, and I log on the Wi Fi. Uh, to do some work and all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is downgraded right and then boom uh, this this shake up on the coaching staff during a week when Nick Sirianni said there was not going to be any coaching changes or change in responsibilities uh, so we all know by now I, I would tell everyone make sure you read Bo's column from yesterday uh, Bo and I discussed doing an emergency pod yesterday. We thought on a Sunday the column worked well, and then we would reconvene today. People are in front of their computers. They're at work. But uh, for those who, who, who kind of want the quick 30-second summation, this is what's happening. Matt Patricia will be on the field calling the plays. Sean Desai will be in the press box observing the defense. Hanging out? Like
0: <laughs> yes. Playing on his iPad. Uh, like, what's he going to yes. be doing?
1: Yeah. As as far as we know, well, we do know Sean DeSai is still technically the defensive coordinator. So as far as we know, Sean DeSai will be the voice of this defense, for which he is not calling, uh, for which he is he is no longer overseeing. It's it's an odd situation here that we will get into, but for for, for all intents and purposes, Matt Patricia is now in charge of the Eagles' defense.
0: Okay, I mean, we have so much to discuss here. Um, but can I actually ask you? Do you do you think that Sean DeSai is going to give the press conference this week? I do.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so stupid. Not well, not
1: you thinking that but that, yeah. that they're going to do that.
0: What he is going this, on?
1: I, yeah, I mean, now the the press conference is like the least important part of this. I, I get, but it is kind of odd to, to be throwing. Sean Desai out there talking about a unit that he's no longer in charge of.
0: Meanwhile, they have hidden Matt Patricia the entire yep. time. He has never never once spoken to the media, despite many requests, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's all like, you know, we we he's a lightning rod. Like, we don't want to distract from the other stuff. Now this guy's in charge? He's going to be
1: on the sideline calling plays? Like, what is going on? Well, you do wonder if he was always there for this possibility, right? You certainly and- and we can get into that, but let's let's just rewind. Let's let's I'm sorry. Let's rewind real quick and think about uh, Jonathan Gannon leaves after the Super Bowl, and uh, at that point, uh, Vic Fangio had already accepted the job with the Miami Dolphins. The Eagles are a little late in the defensive coordinator search, but they but they do a search here, and the top in house candidate is Denard Wilson. They interview a number of out-of-market out of, uh, out of market candidates or out-of-team uh, candidates, out-of-house candidates, including uh, college defensive coordinators who are having a lot of success this year in Michigan, Georgia. Uh, but they settle, or I shouldn't say they settle, they choose Sean Desai. And at the time, Sean Desai seemed like a really intriguing hire. Uh, he has defensive coordinator experience. He has the Philly background. Uh, he worked for Vic Fangio, a scheme that the Eagles clearly admire. Uh, he's a young, up-and-coming coach. It's It certainly made a lot of sense uh, from, from that perspective. And the reviews were positive throughout the spring and summer. And by the way, for much of the season, I mean, the Miami game, we were – talking about the great second half that he had. They, can't, they win the Kansas City game because of him. Uh, in these past two weeks, the defense falls apart. And here the Eagles are not making any changes on the offensive side of the ball, making changes entirely on the defensive side of the ball with Sean Desai.
0: Well, if we're doing the timeline, they hire Desai in February. And then in April, two months later, they bring in Matt Patricia as senior defensive analyst, right? And... You know what? What is your understanding of how that that process came down? Like, what? Who, who was pushing for Matt Patricia to to join the staff?
1: Yeah, I've I've heard actually different um, opinions on this, so I I, I don't want to say that you know it, it was I I've heard people or I've heard someone say it was how he's doing. I heard someone say there's a there's you know it was it was it was Nick's doing. So I I don't have that locked down. Uh, I, I mean there is a relationship with some of the people on this staff including you know jeff stoutland i believe has a a background uh, with matt patricia nick sirianni said during the summer that he really wanted to bring in someone from that belichick coaching tree someone he always admired and the reality is the eagles defensive coaching staff is really inexperienced from like an nfl level right i mean the eagles hired a linebackers coach from the college level they promoted DK McDonald uh, as the secondary coach, and he because they let Denard he, Wilson leave. Yes, and he came from he had a college background. He's, he's he's good friends with Nick Sirianni, and he's been with the Eagles the past two years. Uh, Tracy Rocker has has been an, an NFL position coach, but he's mostly been in college. So you're looking at all three levels of of the defense. It's it's not like you have these these really strong tenured NFL position coaches, right? And then Sean Desai has been a defensive coordinator for one year before. So in theory, here's Matt Patricia, uh, former defensive coordinator and de facto offensive coordinator uh, and a former head coach who famously combated with one of your most high-profile players. And you bring him in. And, and, and by the way, Matt Patricia has baggage in Philadelphia from the fact that the Eagles – Won the Super Bowl against him, right? Uh, so the Eagles bring him in, and he's he's supposed to add kind of this experience to the uh, defensive room, and 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 help out. I'm mean, well, I would say the whole coaching staff. But you do wonder now: was he in place in case this did not work with Sean Desai?
0: I think it's impossible to believe that that was not the case. Whether whether it was like you know we, we expect to hit this button, which I doubt, but like this is a we need a plan B because you said there there is no other guy on the defense um, who seems you know ready for that job. It is not a like you know Vic Fangio was was not in the building, but as a consultant probably for a similar reason and whether that was like if if things ex- implode or if things yeah. if, if he leaves like we, we want this in-house replacement ready you're, you're, you're planning ahead that makes sense they didn't have a guy to do that with now matt patricia is not Vic fangio he is not john fox or, or these other like uh you know consigliere guys who have a long track record of successful defense he has run 10 defenses if you count Uh, The seven years as a defensive coordinator with the Patriots and the three years as a head coach with the lions. And he has never once led a top 10 defense by DVOA never once. So this is not like some defensive savant on the flip side. My understanding from talking to people since, since he got there was like, Oh wow, this, this guy is not who I thought he was. Like he's, (laughs) he's, uh, he's like a, a nice guy, like a good presence in the office. He is helpful, uh, but not overstepping. Like it, it seems like he's like, you know, happy to be here so that's 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 one data point but the, the way that this week was handled zach is yes is so pathetic and it is it is like bad organization 101 stuff so nick sirianni on tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, rather, the first question of his press conference from Tim, Tim McManus is, are you considering any changes to the coaching staff? And he says no, and he and he's really huffy about it. It's like the idea that 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 would be proposed is, how dare you? And Tim asked for clarification, for further explanation. And he gives, you know, I'm comfortable with what we have in the building. All week long, that is the same tenor coming from Sirianni and the organization, how, how dare you question anything that we're doing we went to the super bowl last year we're 10 and 3 we control our own destiny meanwhile behind the scenes they're they're completely changing the defensive coaching staff now there are reasons the defense has not been good lately we know that we have talked about it ad nauseum right they are the worst third down defense in the league despite the fact that opposing offenses have the second longest yardage to go on third down like they are they are terrible on third down they have been terrible the last two weeks they gave up nine touchdowns and a field goal on 10 consecutive drives in the two most important games of the season. We know all of that. There are, I think like reasons to think that there are probably, there were disagreements behind the scenes. We've talked about the defensive line rotation, knowing that like Desai is the only variable there that's different. And they're treating this differently than they have ever done under Howie Roseman. And especially under Nick Sirianni, I think there were probably disagreements on that front, but to, but to have this, um, this posture and i know that there are people who are like well why should i care about the press conferences that it doesn't bother me like they're doing this because they think it's going to give them a competitive advantage and like whatever i don't agree with that because like when when somebody just sits up there and lies it is not something that's going to last you see this i mean like any bad organization bad head coach who is going down like this, this huffiness, it's not going to last. Like, where is the steady hand? And, you know, I, I wrote the column. I, I used the Fletcher Cox, the calmer you are, the calmer we are. I mean, they're running around behind the scenes like their hair is on fire. It's insane. The Cowboys lost yesterday. They're in first place in the NFC East. So all they got to do is take care of business. Like, you didn't want to just see what would happen after you got through that gauntlet. Could Sean Desai turn things around? I don't even know. I'm, I'm not even saying it's the wrong move necessarily, I but the way that it was handled to let this thing just, like, come out on a Sunday morning when you know, it's going to come out. Like that's the team spin of it. And then it's, there's a a little bit more of a uh, honest reporting by, by Jay Glazer on it. It's just like, it is so dramatic. Why does this team at 10 and three, you can't just take a loss. Like
1: it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. So three, uh, uh, three points here. Number one, I agree with you in terms of the optics and I'm not one who who says, yeah, like I understand press conferences that Nick Sirianni tries for competitive advantage and they don't always tell the truth, but context does matter here. This is an organization that, you know, in, in 2020, Doug Peterson says Mike Rowe's coming back a few days later, Mike Rose, high. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. Mike Rowe and Carson Walsh are, are, are fired. And <clears throat> thereafter it really made it seem as if the coach is not in charge. Right that people above the coach are in charge here. So the context does, does matter here, right? Well, listen, in that- I, I will uh,
0: I will be a self-parody here. I will bring up Christian Ellis, okay? Two weeks ago, they lose to the Niners. The first press conference of the week, Nick Sirianni comes out and, and goes out of his way to say how well Christian Ellis played in that game. Two days later, he's waived. The next week, he comes out in the first press conference. He says, we're not making any changes. Turns out, they're making a crazy change, and so either he's lying or yes. he's well, not the one making decisions, and neither one of those two things is suggestive of longevity.
1: Or or suggestive of the power that a, a, a coach or the – I guess I shouldn't say the power, the control – that a coach like Nick Sirianni should have whether it's the public messaging control of it or it's the organizational control of it. So that's that's number 1. Number 2, the the Eagles did this in the past in 2021. Nick Sirianni gave up play calling and it did not come out until after the season. So perhaps they thought that like they can keep things in house, which is extraordinarily hard to do in 2022. And I don't think those examples are apples for apples because Knicks don't manage the game. Like, we don't quite know what Sean Desai is, is doing. And number three, look, I get it that this is, this can be a cold business and I need to, to, to kind of leave my, um, I don't want to, say, it sounds haughty to say like my ethical approach at the door. Uh, but, but like, the, there's a certain way of treating people. And I feel like they did Sean DeSai dirty here, right? Like Sean DeSai is not going to get another defensive coordinator job in the NFL at this point. He's he's been—I shouldn't say that definitively, but I he's, he's going to ride
0: out. He's, I think it's a four-year contract, right? He's, he'll, just, he'll just be the yeah. the in the booth reading a book, defensive coordinator by title I for mean, four
1: years. He's he's essentially uh, been neutered here, right? And and so uh, yeah, I, I, I do feel as if as if they, they did him dirty, right? And uh, I, I do wonder how that comes across going forward here. Now this, this is a cold business and I I put out today and it's it's the reality of this. in 2012, the Baltimore Ravens at nine and four, uh, so around the same time, I think it was December 10th, they fire Cam Cameron, their offensive coordinator. They promote Jim Caldwell. And they go on and they win the Super Bowl. And John Harbaugh at the time, yeah, he, he talked about that that the acronym that I've said on this show, win W I N. What's important now? And he said, and his essential message was, it's not about being fair. It's not about right or wrong. Like the goal is to win, and and they needed to make a change. And one could argue the Eagles need the Eagles need to make a change. And perhaps there was stuff behind the scenes, like the Eagles wanted alterations to their scheme i mean i mean maybe they did not want the defensive lineman to stunt as 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 much as they did they wanted the pass rush to look excuse me the way it has more in the past uh perhaps they wanted more of a rotation there perhaps they they wanted the coverage to look different perhaps they wanted more experience on third downs uh you know in some situational football right and reasonable and we don't know if if uh if the side was resistant to 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 some of this, and perhaps that was the impetus for the change, right? I get all of that. I get all that. Um, hmm. But I I don't think they they came across here looking like a, an organization that's in control. They looked like uh, an org. Yeah, they. I don't want to use the term dysfunctional because I, I I think that can be overstated. But so they look they, like- they looked they looked overreactive. Um, and they look like an organization that, that, that did not have control of the message, that which is like, I, I get it. I see in the, in the chat here, the media doesn't matter. But public messaging is a big part of professional football. They would tell you that, right? The way this is – and because I should also say public messaging is not only to you, the fans. Public messaging is also – to the league. It's to the other coaches. It's to the other teams. It's the other organizations. Right. Uh, And you want to come across as, you know, uh, functional with it. If they had made the change earlier in, in, in the week, perhaps we criticize, perhaps they take some heat, but it's like
0: adults about it. Announce the decision. Like, yeah. To your point, like, I don't, I I don't think that it's like a, how dare you lie to the media. It's just that it's reflective of this, um like the this this uh philosophy that they have right now which is like how dare you how dare you but also ugh, like what are we gonna do we gotta change something like yeah the the reasons that you're talking about on defense those are all real things and, and and if they went to Desai and said we need these things changed and he said no and they and they believe that those are the right things then that's fine. You gotta do what you got to do. But but like be a man about it. Don't uh, you know? Don't pee on everybody's face and tell them it's raining and say like "thank you for the rain." Like, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah. Be adults. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I, I mean, I I would say come across uh, functional and in control as opposed to uh, overreactive and yeah. That's that's how I would frame it. I just
0: like the uh, the steady hand. That you need over the long haul to maintain success is 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 very clearly not here. I think it is there, also, there. There is also
1: expand on that because I'm not I'm I'm not sure I agree with you there. I mean I I would say that you know an organization that's that's made the postseason now three years in a row. Uh, what six or seven of the last eight years? Um, I would say there is very much a steady hand, right? Like there is, there is a thread here that they are far more successful than other organizations and they can be ruthless about it at times. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie said when Doug Peterson was, was fired, this is not about deserve. Doug Peterson did not deserve to be fired. He he said, but they, there was a difference in vision and they had to make a change and that probably turned out to uh, to be better for the organization. They fired Chip Kelly, um, after two 10 and six, 10 and six seasons. And then a six, you know, he was six and nine at one point and they, and they fire him. Um, They've, they've made coordinator moves. Uh, I mean, Sean McDermott, right. This is an organization that, that they, they can be ruthless there, but that's, that's part of professional football. But I would push back on the idea that they're not a steady organization. I actually think they, they have a steadiness to them, which is probably one of their better attributes.
0: I think where I'm coming from is not from a Jeffrey Lurie standpoint. Okay. it is from the coaching standpoint. Like either Nick Sirianni is flailing around about how to fix this thing. And by the way, don't let's let's blame the defense and don't look at how the offense is not holding up sure. its end of the bargain. Yeah. Yes. Or this is Jeffrey Lurie and or Howie Roseman inserting influence again, which is fine. That has worked for them in the past. But that doesn't say a lot for Nick Sirianni
1: no no that's look that's fair and also too. uh just in terms of you know I, I, if if they had just stuck with the status quo kept getting shredded on the on on defense we would probably kill them for like are you seeing the same things we are right so i i i get all that to me it's 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 more uh the way it was handled and the part of this that we'll probably get to after the ad reason that you know is is uh Is like, are they, is this just rearranging chairs? Like is, is Matt Patricia the answer here? Is this the type of thing where they make this change now in front of three or four relatively easier games? It looks good, but like, did you really do much? Um, There's, there's a part of that that I look at and say uh, like, is, is this a positive change or is this change for changes sake?
0: That's a good question. Why don't you tell us what's uh, what's in your wheelhouse,
1: Zach? I like that there uh, because this is the time of year when we're all looking for gifts and the place to go. If you are a card collector or just looking for a gift and apparel shop is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. That is wheelhouse. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like, Tops Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football. They have T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, Forty Seven Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, and Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events like birthday parties every month. Uh, if you stop into either of their stores, there's one in Wayne, there's one in Westchester. They're open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Just use code PHLY. It'll get you. off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards.
0: Another place you could go if you're looking for a last minute holiday gift is Foco, because Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got overalls, they've got hoodies, they've got hats, they've got sunglasses, they've got bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and I have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Um, Do you think Matt Patricia is here for the long term, Zach?
1: Maybe so. I, I suppose it depends on the next month goes or next two two and a half months go, but I I would imagine that they have a defensive coordinator search in earnest this offseason. Um, it's it, I imagine it's a, it's an attractive position, right? Although one could argue the way that Sean DeSai was handled here, how attractive is it, right? I mean, how much autonomy do you truly have? Uh, but I, I I do think that they have some good pieces in place. It's an organization that is is known to pay well. Uh, you have you know you have an offensive minded coach, uh, and there, there there could frankly be some good candidates on the market, some defensive coaches, some defensive head coaches who are dismissed, or maybe there's some up and coming coaches that that, that, that you look at. Uh, so I'm I'm uh, I'm not ready to say Matt Patricia's the guy going forward. But look, I mean, there's a very real chance the Eagles finish. 14 and 3 or 13 and 4 they get the two seed uh, they go to the NFC championship game and then you see what happens right and if they do that with Matt Patricia calling the plays it's very easy then to say like all right let's 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 hand the reins to him so that's why I'm not ready to say long term here there's there's a lot to be done i mean there's there's not many changes that come in in, in personnel and Darius Slay Patricia's old friend is, as as you wrote in your column He's out for you know a few weeks here, but people connecting uh, the
0: dots, thinking that maybe those two two things are connected.
1: I don't think so. I, I mean, I Slay so. has been Slay's been dealing with this knee injury since October, uh, and I I think from what I understand, this was like a, a timing thing. If, if you recall, last year the Eagles timed Jason Kelsey's elbow cleanout to get him back for the regular season, and I I think they probably looked at like how much time here before you know, the meaningful games in the postseason and they're like, all right, if we can do this knee scope now, you hope that, that that this isn't gonna be lingering throughout the postseason.
0: Hmm. Do you think during Super Bowl week Patricia will give a press conference then or
1: <laughs> I'm fascinated to see how I'm uh, fascinated to see how that works. Um <laughs> I mean it, he reasonably should give it here, right? Like, I understand he's not the defensive coordinator. To me, it's, it's, it it's, be, it's almost it, insulting.
0: It would be preposterous if he, if he doesn't talk yeah. this week.
1: It's insulting to decide to make him the press secretary, uh, essentially, right? I, I keep seeing this in the chat from Matt PD, 03. Uh, I'll be as transparent as I can. Can you guys speak on, like, I keep seeing why did the national guys get this story? National reporters are very good for a reason, number one. But it's also it's 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 the nature of NFL media in 2023 that um, oftentimes, uh, if you know, a when it goes to a national reporter, you a, you have a larger a, a larger megaphone. You it's get currency. this word it's out to currency. the whole league, it, it, and then yeah, the and, and then you can kind of control the message the way you want it. Sometimes, right? Um, there's information trading going on. Uh, I, I would say to to those who are critical, I will wear it. If if you are critical of that, oftentimes we can get this confirmed within like a matter of minutes. Um, frankly speaking, if a local reporter reports something first, you might find out from the national reporter anyways, right? Because they have that larger microphone. Uh, we all uh, 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 we all work to break news and. Sometimes it's better to break like meaningful. Um, this is what matters. Types of news than transactional type stuff. But nonetheless, uh, I'm not going to disparage any of the national reporters. They do a terrific job. They're in those seats for a reason. I I would say this is also the the, the nature of media in 2023.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, uh... I don't think that you should have. You should feel bad about not breaking this story, Zach. You, know, you know that that's not how this works.
1: Well, no, I, I I get that on on Twitter a lot from fans saying, "Why don't the, the local guys break it?" And I'm I just if if you're saying I don't want to like pretend that I don't see those comments, so I will ignore. I I will acknowledge that.
0: Okay. Um. Trying to decide whether where to go next. Do you want to talk about? You're thinking- let, what, why don't we? Why don't we, Let's talk about the other things that are going on with the Eagles first, and then we can we can close with some more Patricia at the end. Um, okay. Since we last spoke, Zach, on Friday, Darius Slay is out. Uh, underwent shoulder surgery, as you mentioned. Cam no, is out. No, not shoulder. Knee.
1: Knee. Oh, knee. Knee. Right. Yeah, uh, we corrected that in the story as as well. Knee surgery.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, yep. And. Uh, Zach Cunningham is out, so the Eagles are without three starters, mm-hmm. and Jalen Hurts doesn't feel well and had to travel on a separate plane. What's what's yes. your what's your understanding of of all the uh, weird stuff that's going on here?
1: Well, let's start with Hurts because he's obviously the most high profile one. He missed practice on Saturday. I was going to say Friday, the, the Eagles Friday, but really a Saturday uh, with an illness. He wasn't out there uh, from uh, behind the scenes. I kind of heard that. Don't worry, it's kind of precautionary. He's going to play, and then I don't think it got better overnight. I think it might have, you know, whatever conditions uh, they they worsened. He got downgraded to out. Oh, I'm sorry, downgraded to questionable. Downgraded to out would have been very bad. Downgraded to questionable, and but he was out of the team's plane. He was put on a separate plane. Credit to John Clark from NBC Sports Philly. Got the footage from the airport. You saw Jalen Hurts getting uh, uh, getting on that plane wearing a mask. Uh, flying out to seattle i can say this um i was on a flight from newark to seattle yesterday okay but it's about the same it's you know you're you're talking about a six-hour flight they're not putting jalen hurts on a six-hour flight across the country just to stand on the sideline and abs- like like by himself or not by himself he was with a team official but um you know flying a private plane across the country just to stand on the sideline rooting on mark i'm surprised
0: i didn't put the sign on the plane too Jalen, if you're going to get anybody sick, make it this guy.
1: <laughs> Staying away from that one. Um, I don't want anyone to get sick. Uh, I, uh, so Jalen Hurts, I'm expecting him to play. We don't know how, what condition he's, he's, he's going to be in. He tends to get sick like a decent amount of Monday night football games seems like every time they're on Monday night football, he's dealing with something. I think of the Tampa game. There was a previous, like he actually made the comment after the Tampa game that he always seems to get sick for Monday night football. Uh, but uh, I, this is not said in, in jest um, as it was pointed out by someone to me that uh, had this game not been moved, um, there's a chance Jalen might not have been able to play. Right. So the Eagles might've benefited from, the first ever flex game okay so that's the quarterback situation and if, if jalen doesn't play then uh, of course uh marcus Mariota would, would be the quarterback or expecting Jalen well, would
0: play. start at least he may
1: not last very long <laughs> fair enough um so then you go to uh cornerback play we talked about the timeline a few moments ago uh whether they turn at corner the eagles were kind of non-committal about this publicly but i'm expecting Healy ringo to get some work Healy ringo Who you saw took an increased action against Dallas. Mixed results. That double penalty was bad, but I I thought he looked fine otherwise. Although there wasn't much, uh, you know, it wasn't at at that point Dallas had a a sizable lead. But Ringo has been impressing behind the scenes. And you spent people keep saying a fourth round pick. You spent a third round pick on him, right? You traded this year's third round pick to get him. Uh, So that that shows the type of investment you want to make in in him. Um, I think
0: if if some of the changes on defense were front office driven, I would expect that some of those changes would be, we want to see Nolan Smith and Keely Ringo on the field more. Mm. Like it's good point. We drafted these guys to play. I want to see them on the field.
1: Yep. Yeah. And just, you know, I always like to give the personal side of this too. Uh, I spoke to Keely uh, this week before this news came out, just about the excitement for him of coming back here to Seattle. This is, his hometown he went to high school in arizona but he grew up in the seattle area he went to seahawks uh games and practices he's, he's gonna have family and friends in the stands so his first start to come in in that situation it will be uh interesting to see he'll be in a spotlight like this as we did discuss in our draft and with the Niz, they have really good wide receivers that's the strength of, of this roster
0: i mean dk okay. metcalf tyler lockett and jackson smith and jingba against james bradbury keely ringo and i guess bradley Roby.
1: Bradley, yeah not great uh, so then let's, let's go to linebacker linebacker. Um, and, and this is Bo Wolf music here. The Eagles missed. Who could have seen this
0: situation. coming? Who could have possibly predicted yeah. this would happen?
1: They don't have depth. Uh, you're going to see Shaq Leonard start with Nicholas Moro, but the decision to cut Christian Ellis continues just look confounding from a depth perspective. The
0: curse of Christian uh, Ellis. All of this stuff is happening because, after the, the waving of Christian Ellis.
1: Right now, the Eagles could certainly use an extra linebacker more than they can use an extra tight end, which on an expiring contract. Um, so I am, I am with, I am with Bo there. Then right guard, uh, I'm expecting to see Sua Opeta in there for Cam Jurgens. I know that there was uh, talk about, or, or or there were questions, why not Tyler Steen? Tyler yeah, they already Steen. made that
0: switch. It felt, it felt like.
1: Yeah. Now at the beginning of the week, when they made this Steen switch. Opeta was banged up, but they certainly did want the more ath- ath- athletic scene on the field. One thing that uh, just from talking to people in the, in the locker room was pointed out to me was they're expecting a hostile environment here tonight. Uh, Sua, who's been here for five years, has started, has experience with the silent count. And maybe that's that's why you might say, why was Sua inactive then? And goes from inactive to starting. Uh, as a reserve, Sua really doesn't have much position versatility. Right, Whereas, in theory, Jack Driscoll uh, has more position versatility. I mean, Fred Johnson's a tackle. Uh, so that, that kind of explains why. And then Tyler Steen has position versatility. So I think that explains why Sua would go from inactive to starting.
0: Meanwhile, uh, I believe Ian Rappaport is the one who reported that, that Geno Smith, trending uh, not likely to play tonight, mm-hmm. more likely the Eagles would see Drew Locke. Interesting.
1: Yeah, this Geno injury has lingered, hasn't it? Um, that is that is an interesting one to me. I don't quite uh, – I didn't do much work on Drew Locke this week. Played decently last week. But uh, certainly that would appear to be advantageous for the Eagles.
0: Mm. So how do you feel about the game itself?
1: So uh, you can read our email exchange. It's exclusive for the diehards. Uh, when, when I say you, I'm speaking to the audience, not you. Both, but I I predicted the Eagles to win I think Eagles I are the too, better. yes of course you can okay. um I think the Eagles are the better team I think the Eagles this is a tough place to play it's a weird week I don't know about Jalen how he's feeling uh they are missing some pieces on 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 defense now the Seahawks uh it, we don't know if uh if if Devin Weatherspoon's gonna play right so they have some questions in their secondary they're already weak at safety or, or weaker at safety Jamal Adams uh is also questionable now that could be value added if he doesn't play but we'll see so uh i i like the eagles in this spot there's a reason why they're road favorites uh i, I think they're going to be able to move the ball uh deniz did a good job pointing out where seattle's defense is is vulnerable brian johnson and nick sirianni have to have a good plan against the zone but i'm taking the better quarterback and the better roster even though they're on the road mm. okay what about you
0: I don't know. I'm worried that, that the Eagles are just speed running the post-2017 organizational collapse and it's all going to happen within the span of a year instead of they three. They basically did – yeah, they
1: did 2018 to 2020 uh, all in, all in a, a few months. Yeah,
0: yeah, I feel like
1: yeah. – I mean, to your point, they, had, in that way. they have brought in a bunch of old guys with big names, okay? <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, they there's a coaching. There are coaching questions here. They they yes. uh, so yeah. Um, I I can see your point here.
0: Okay. Well, if you want to go to games, about- and you're in the Pacific Northwest, checking out tickets, you can go to Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you, with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. What do they have? Well, they've got flash deals on last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds just... Two taps, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your email, to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. I missed that. They're sent to your phone, not your email, so you don't have to go through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code P H L Y for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code P H L Y for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed
1: all right so there's one thing I I I just want to bring up about Nick Sirianni which um he's in his third year as a head coach and he tinkers with his staff less than any coach I've ever covered right his first year he didn't fire anybody Uh, I mean Jim Bob Cooter left uh but he didn't dismiss anyone After, after last year I don't know if we would term the Denard Wilson thing like this—you uh, know, firing him. It was—it was clearly one of those things where there was uh, support from players, and there, he, they interviewed him for secondary coach. They brought in someone from the outside, so it—it it, it, might have been an odd working environment. Um, now, maybe. And we he said later.
0: at the outset of that search that his biases are towards the people who have been with him already. Like
1: yes. He yeah.
0: Has that familiarity bias.
1: Yeah, he's he stood by um, underperform. You know, he he stood by Michael Clay when special teams were struggling. I mean, I, I remember that question came up at the end of the season last year. Uh, he like was adamant in defending Gannon when when Gannon got criticism. Uh, so uh, this is interesting too because Nick has been like very much not the not the firing type or not the shaking things up type. He's He's been much more like, these are my guys. Like Nick's more of a foxhole guy a really than he point. is. Yeah, so um, this is either a different side of Nick that we haven't seen, uh, or like you've alluded to and we've discussed, it came from above him.
0: But the flip side is we also know that nick is loyal to those guys but he's also very hard on his coaches from everything we've been sure. told um yeah and he will he will put those guys through the ringer so i don't i don't know how that factors in here we just we just don't know <clears throat> now there's also the possibility that this is this is like a a player driven thing right um you talked about the you know the stunts and twists on the defensive line maybe the defensive linemen are like let us just go rush the passer and they're they're running that up the chain and, and yeah josh sweat
1: well, yeah yeah, Joshua had critical comments after the game last week. Yep.
0: Right. So the truth is, we don't we don't know exactly how it all went down, and uh, I look forward to hearing a little bit more about it. I'm curious to hear from. I, I mean, the Eagles could win the game tonight, seventy to nothing, and the first question is going to be to Nick, yep. like, what happened this week?
1: Yeah, that's like for, I I get that the fans who are like press conferences don't matter, but the entire press conference tonight is going to be about this change. That's why. That's why you get ahead of the message when you do, right? So like like win or lose tonight, this is what it's going to be. This is the story is this change in defense. Um, it's, now, as a quick aside, does Patricia have the pencil tonight?
0: That's such a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's his whole thing, right?
1: It's, it's his thing, yeah. We haven't seen him on the field, but yeah. It's Honestly,
0: I, I actually think, I actually think that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> you think so i think if the he pencil? sticks with the pencil it's like i think that's a bad sign it's like oh here here i am matt patricia back in back in charge again you know my old uh belichickian ways but if this is a new matt patricia you hmm. know, a, a humbled matt patricia maybe uh maybe no no pencil is 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 uh the sign that things are going to be different this time around
1: okay so pay attention maybe that that could have been in our old days, that could have been a swooper.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, I don't know. Don't d- I, d- does this change how you generally feel about the team?
1: Uh, y- you know what? I I don't mind action like this. Like I said, I, I do think they did decide dirty, but I I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth. It was more the, the the way this went down, like not even like the side, not even getting a full season. But if you thought that, that the defense and the defense has been these past two games were really bad. Now I would argue that they played two really good teams that you have to kind of look at it over the entire scope of the season. But the context of this year's team is what are they going to do in the postseason? I I've been saying it since, since the spring and summer, this is like a fast-forward to the playoff team. And if you looked at these past two games and you're like, I don't have confidence in this in in this defense scheming against the 49ers and the Cowboys, then I can understand it. I tend to be more of a player-driven guy as it is. Like, players win and players lose games. I think the Eagles have a really good roster. I think they need, they need to get healthier in some spots. Uh, you think they have a but, really good
0: roster on defense? Yeah.
1: Uh, Maybe I'm relying too much. I'm relying too much on on names. They have looked slow the past two weeks. They also like. It, I I really believe in this. I really believe in this defensive line. I believe in both edge rushers. I think that they can they can get penetration in the interior. And I mean, we did five shows last week. We discussed this. Like I, I don't the 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 down doesn't the sack doesn't know what down it is right so. The fact that you get to the quarterback as effectively as you do on first and second down, and you can't get there on third down, I it's it just strikes me as such an odd thing. There, I, I believe they can get to the quarterback, and I think this defense changes considerably when they get sacks. They had seventy sacks last year. That's why they were so good on defense. They did not have a sack in the Super Bowl. That's why they struggled in the Super Bowl. From where I stand,
0: yeah, I mean there there's a there's a chance that this looks great, right? uh the defensive line comes out with their hair on fire and they've got this easy schedule and it's like uh you know we we, the eagles are pressing all the right buttons you know kudos to them for getting ahead of this thing that's a possibility um i don't think it's a likely possibility now i I, you know the schedule is the schedule is what it is you know if sean DeSai was still the defensive coordinator they were going to play better on defense over the next four weeks
1: um, yes especially the the giants yeah Yeah. especially giants for most giants
0: yeah, this game tonight is going to be interesting. And I, you know, we are going to learn a lot about the team tonight because there's all this turmoil going on, um, this dysfunction, it seems like. But if they can come out and, you know, against a backup quarterback, beat the pants off this team and show that they, this is like, they're they're much more like the team that they were, you know, beating good teams than they are the team that got blown out the last two weeks. Great uh this is this is a a a good test you know this is another long week they had to fly all the way across the country there are plenty of excuses to be made if they can shove those things to the side and and like dominate this game on the line of scrimmage like they they are capable of doing you can feel a lot better and all of a sudden you know maybe maybe you can get the one seed because the Niners just need one loss um but if they come out and struggle in this game and it's like all the same stuff we're seeing. They're 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 uh, they're not committing to the running game. They're uh, you know Jalen is not seeing things. Uh, the defense doesn't look all that different. And you know DK Metcalf is you know catching balls over Keely Ringo, and he's got 175 yards receiving or whatever it is. I, this thing could go could go really bad. I feel like it's I feel like it's a little bit on the precipice. So I'm excited for the game tonight. That's I'm excited to learn about about the team.
1: So I, I have a question for you, and I, I shudder at the thought of asking it. Uh, a, because I don't want you to jump through the screen and like strangle me here in Seattle. Uh, and B, uh, because it could also be a another two-hour podcast here. Okay? But does this make you think differently of Jonathan Gannon, number one? And number two, in a universe where the Arizona Cardinals – Hire Lou and Morano. I'm sorry, Lou and Arumo, and Jonathan Gannon comes back this year. Are we in the same spot right now? Like, was this was this um, personnel on defense and this schedule was this on like a collision course for this to look like this against San Francisco and Dallas? No matter who was overseeing them, Uh, or if Jonathan Gannon was still here. Or do you say, wow, they had a top-five defense last year, albeit against bad offenses, uh, and if Gannon was still here, this would be different?
0: It doesn't make me feel differently about Jonathan Gannon. You are Mr. Ethics, uh, first of all, and you could argue that the Eagles are in this position because of an ethical failing by Jonathan Gannon.
1: What was the ethical failing? Not being honest
0: about... Oh. Getting the Cardinals' job—that's that's, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, why they're that is why they're here. That's why they don't have Vic Fangio as their defensive right, coordinator because. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you Jonathan thirty seconds on lying. that.
1: I'll give you thirty seconds on that. Like, no, that Sean—I'm uh, sorry—Shane Steichen interviewed with the Colts more and longer than Jonathan Gannon did during that period. The only difference is the Cardinals did not request to speak to to Jonathan Gannon when he spoke to them. So that, that was the only difference. So, so you're saying that had that request come in and Jonathan got an interview during the period when Shane Steichen interviewed, then Vic Fangio would have held off. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know if, uh, hundred percent. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, you still don't know if Gannon gets that job, but okay. Okay. Anyways, I, it's not worth relitigating.
0: Okay. Um, I, I think I think the defensive struggles right now are much more personnel driven and schedule mm-hmm. driven than the side driven. I think there are reasons to um, certainly be unhappy with the side. To me, the rotation is the biggest thing, and that is one where I don't think like Jonathan Gannon would not have done that. Um, he would he would have opted for rest for for those guys more because we know that that's what he did the past two seasons. Now the game scripts were different, all that stuff, but <clears throat> that's a factor. Sean Desai's, like his Sean Desai has more performances in a season in which he got fired, ostensibly, uh against good court more good performances against good quarterbacks than Jonathan Gannon had in two years. Right? Like mm-hmm. the 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 uh, game plan against the Dolphins and like the second half shutout against the Chiefs and and the other one that that I'm forgetting, like those are better than anything we ever saw. in a a game against a good quarterback from Jonathan Gannon. He got, he got like diced up against every single good quarterback he played. And I appreciated the fact that Desai was willing to try things differently in game. Like he was willing to, to mess around and not just be static doing the same thing all the time. I think that we'll never know if Sean Desai had last year's personnel on defense, like what, what he would do differently. Would he have still tried to do so much stuff or would he have been more content to, you know, let the, let the guys play it out. And we don't know what Jonathan Gannon would have looked like on with this year's defense. My sense, my guess is that they would be just about as bad. Um So maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being stubborn, but it doesn't really change the way that I I think of Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator.
1: The other thing, and I'm, um, I'm, um... I'm hesitant to ask this too because I I don't want to kind of fall in the tropes, but uh, do you think personality matters in in this sense? Jeff McClain had a quote in his story today from an anonymous source who said, "Shown the size of smart guy, but but doesn't carry himself with like a lot of confidence or something of that nature." Um, and we've seen defensive coordinators in the past, like G, uh, Jim Schwartz, for instance, carried himself like. Uh, you know, like like he was in charge of the room, right? He he could he could command a room. Um, do you think personnel matter uh, I'm sorry, personality matters here. Do you think that that uh, that is something that should be taken into account, or do you think that when someone loses their job or gets demoted, that you just kind of look for reasons, and that's a convenient thing to say?
0: Uh, I think I would say it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think that stuff matters, um, and mm-hmm. so do the interpersonal relationships. Like you know, I don't think that Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon are like best friends, but they had a, they had a working relationship over a long period of time. This was a, you know, an arranged marriage to some degree with Sean Desai. They they didn't really know each other. I think that's, that's a real factor here. Um, and if, you know, there, there are, there are plenty of examples of like talented, um, people who can be good at their jobs not being the right personality fit in yeah. that specific organization. So yeah, I think that I think that could be a factor here.
1: Yeah, I, I think back to like um or i like, thinking back it was it was it was this week I read a good story by Daniel Popper of the, of the Athletic when he was talking about Brandon Staley and he said he was like really smart but he was too smart for his own good. And and like that was an and and an organizational thought Uh okay. And and so then last thing here um, or less than from from me, you might have have more you want to ask, but uh, yeah, you're doing the post game show tonight. I'm here in Seattle. I'll obviously go to Nick Sirianis press conference tonight.
0: And by the uh, way, uh, we'll be at the Reading Terminal Market tomorrow. We got a full oh, day yeah. of shows. The yeah. Eagles podcast is going to be at two thirty. Rich Hoffman and myself, and I think at the very end we're going to be joined by Baldy. So yeah, uh, I'm, come I'm and pissed say off. i of
1: missing that. Yeah, I'm pissed off. i of missing that. That's, that's when I would have loved to be at. I did everything I could. I, I'm taking a 5, 55 a.m. flight tomorrow uh, here to try to get back, but we couldn't make it back for 2.30. Just just didn't work out. Um, but anyways, uh, I'll obviously go to Nick press conference tonight. Sometimes I, I skip that to work the locker room, but here it's important to get Nick. Um, what do you want to hear from Nick? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean i want to know the timeline i want to know did he know when he told us on yeah. tuesday that there were not going to be changes did he already know that he was going to make this change yep um why why is mm-hmm. he why is Desai still here mm-hmm. uh you know was this your own doing completely uh was there you know were, were there player complaints um i want to know a lot of things and i don't know he's not going to be honest about it probably yeah. but I want to see what what uh, web he weaves.
1: And if 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 Sean DeSai does in fact hold his press conference on mm-hmm. Wednesday, or <laughs> what do you want to know from Sean DeSai? What's well,
0: the? I don't know. I I like, feel like they can't do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, the, they're still calling him the defensive coordinator, right? Like at some point. Well,
0: here. that's another question for Nick. Is what right. are his responsibilities then?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and if they try to suggest like it's the same as an offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays it, i mean come on
0: yeah yeah i do think though that i i think uh, you know the 2021 example of you know nick giving up play calling i feel like in his mind that's a thing that like maybe this worked once yeah. before we can go to it again i think that's probably mm-hmm. a factor for him
1: yeah but nick specifically gave up play calling to focus on game management
0: yeah of course it's okay. not, a, it's, yeah. not, a it's, not apples, it's not a one to one thing it's, it's not a one to one apples, at all.
1: For apples. Yeah. I, I think actually the one-to-one comparison is that is what was Shane Steichen doing when Nick was calling plays, right? He was feeding information. He was giving, he was, he was giving insight. He was coordinating the other coaches. That's probably what they'll say Sean Desai is doing, but look, I mean, Sean Desai is upstairs, Matt Patricia's downstairs, Matt Patricia's calling the plays. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, Do you
0: think DeSais like, even going to be on the headset? <laughs> to give him a dummy like a, a dummy channel
1: <laughs> no i mean and look and that's why like there's a human element to this. Sean Desai is a, a smart guy uh he's worked really hard to get to this point in his career like he's i mean everyone's had to work hard right but if if you're if you're familiar with Sean Desai's story he he didn't play he didn't have like connections he he started off like at the way bottom, you know, at Temple, and worked his ass off to get up, and uh, spent one year with Chicago as the coordinator. The coaching staff gets fired. He goes to Seattle last year. He comes here, a place where he has all the, all these connections, uh, and it's it's like he he worked his ass off to get to this point, and it lasted, you know, thirteen games. So yeah, I don't know, like on a, on a human level. You feel for that, but that's I, as they say in The Godfather. That's the business they chose, right?
0: There you go. Good, good uh, work by you getting ahead of uh, Devito week with a Godfather <laughs> reference.
1: <laughs> Can always use a Godfather quote.
0: All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Phly Eagles Podcast. We are back tonight. We got a kickoff show with Jamie Lynch ahead of the game, and then the post-game show where Zach will uh, tell us what Nick Sirianni said after the game. And oh, by the way, there's a a game to be played. So uh, a big Eagles day here in Philadelphia and on the PHLY Eagles podcast, Zach, enjoy the game. Uh, Are you, are you able to share what you're, uh, what you're doing after this episode ends?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go check out Amazon um, from uh, a a loyal listener and viewer, Michael. I really appreciate it. Um, And, I'm a huge admirer of the company, um, and so I, I get to
0: see. You're a huge uh, admirer of the company.
1: Yeah, of, of what they built. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible to go from like an online bookstore to to the you know a major driver in this you know in in this world. So uh, I, I'm really and I'm I'm staying in a part in Seattle, you know, you know South Lake Union uh which is or south union lake however you frame it is uh which is like amazon territory there's amazon um you know i, I was taking a walk this morning and i saw all these people going to work. so yeah so that's that's what i'm doing um i'll do that for an hour or so and then uh i'm excited to to, to meet a bunch of uh listeners and viewers and readers, I want to say readers too. The so writing really matters to me. Allphly.com. Um, who I'm going to catch up with at the game. Um, who've been sending me emails over the past few weeks and uh, be doing that. And yeah, anytime, anytime there's a listener, or viewer or or readers coming to an Eagles game, email me at, at uh, Zach at allphly.com. And I will see to it that we get a chance to meet
0: all right you know what i got to uh i got to talk about christian ellis so i'll let you suckle up the teat of big business we can both be self-parodies
1: <laughs> fair enough fair enough
0: all right that'll do it for the phly eagles podcast thanks to everybody for watching thanks to everybody for listening thanks to everybody for reading for zach's purposes we will talk to you later tonight and as always we love you
1: we